Welcome everybody to episode 42 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics. In 30 minutes, you should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at holla <laughs> at Two on Three Pod dot com. So you know, it is a hard R holler though. Yeah, there's an R on there. It's not yeah, a holla. It's not a holla. Although the truth is, I think I pretty much set up the wild card, so you can pretty much write anything you want. Like, I think the example I sent to you was Buckfutter. Two on three pod, we'll get them all. So anything you want to write, it's right. just holla. feel free. I like holla, holla, holla. I'm Chris, and uh, I'm eating all the Halloween candy early. And you can find me at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me is Ty. Indeed. Um, I'm on Twitter at SCATJK. I'm also eating the Halloween candy. We buy the Halloween candy twice. <laughs> once last week to eat, and then once right before Halloween to give out. So so before we start, a little, I'm going to start with the Halloween aside, is that um, a lo- my kids don't always eat all the Halloween candy. Right. So all the Halloween candy they collected last year gets poured back in the bowl. <laughs> That is, that's horrible. <laughs> just say it. It's not that much. It's probably about half a bowl's worth. But, you know, you just mix it up in there with the fresh candy. The kids, it keeps. I guess. You know how disappointing <laughs> that is when you buy, like, a bag of Twizzlers and it's, like, you get a home and you're like, oh, well, this has been on the shelf for eight months. <laughs> that, isn't that, like, half the... It, whatever. We're just passing the candy around anyway. <laughs> Anyway, shouldn't eat it. All right. Uh, I'm not ringing your doorbell. Yeah, well, nobody does. That's why we have so much freaking candy lying around. <laughs> anyway, the uh, this week we're talking about a little entertainment and culture, um, art as a battleground. Um, we're going to do a deep dive into dad jokes. We're going to talk a little about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the, maybe the most worthless of all the Hall of Fames. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close, maybe just above the Pro Bowling Hall of Fame. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, we'll talk a little uh, NFL and knickknacks in the uh, in the OT. Yeah, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna tell you a gun control story too. Really? Oh, well, this would <laughs> <laughs> be really good. All right, so uh, let me let me let me kick off our first segment here. Uh, New York Times Magazine had a really interesting uh, article the other week called "The Morality Wars." And I thought it was uh, an interesting piece in this day and age because it comes down to this idea that what makes great art, the art itself or the artist who made it. And it's a really, and, and especially this day and age where everybody is sort of on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. But, but and, and communities and whatnot are really protective of their own. Mm-hmm. So the uh, so we're you know if we're looking at um, uh, reading this article, it really gets kind of sticky because you're trying to figure out really what applies. You know, should you should you like art based on the artist, or should art stand alone? If if a piece of art speaks to you, should it um, should that be enough? And I think it's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go. No, I just. I'm just saying. One of the one of the uh, really interesting pieces is this. Uh, one of the there's a there's a piece in here where an artist created a piece of art that that spoke to a lot of people about you know the plight of African Americans in America, and it was a really powerful piece, and people loved it. And then they found out that the artist was white, uh. <laughs> and people were like, "Well, this is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, what do they know? What does that artist know about about art? But apparently, at some level, the artist did capture something that was important and resonant to the to what they were trying to say, or the or the piece they were trying to push off. But as far as but as far as once the community found out it was it was done by somebody outside that community, they won eighty. Well, I think that particular dynamic between those two cultures is fraught if you will so i think that here's the thing so on a larger on a larger scale i think it's it's the answer is you know i hate to say it depends because that's the worst possible answer but that's the truth right like i think if the art itself is transcendent then you can compartmentalize it um i think that that i think it has to be transcendent transcendent like today i saw on twitter that one of the sneaker guys i follow was like really feeling good about getting rid of his yeezys and i can understand why he feels that way right now um yeah, but, but does know. but does but but a year ago he felt 
fine about his Yeezys. And what made him feel fine about them? He liked the way they looked. He liked the way they... He liked the design of them. He thought they were... I mean, is it the association with with Kanye that makes those shoes cool? Or are those, cool, are those shoes cool regardless? I mean, do you... I mean, would you buy them because they look good, or do you buy them because Kanye made them? Well, I don't mean to get sidetracked, but they've definitely never looked good. <laughs> Those are some of the worst shoes around. Sure, but but, but it, people but people people have a connection to them, and do they because they they have a I mean, or is it or is it the full package of 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 that particular? I think if they were a great shoe. shoe, he probably wouldn't even have gotten rid of them and never would have brought it up. I think that's what I'm saying is that if the art is transcendent, that it's over overcomes the the distaste you might feel when consuming it. And I also think the distance matters too. Um, and I also think it depends on like the level of, uh, you know, I, what you describe the thing where the artist got sort of found out or outed as white and it, it became this, this, this thing that were the, mm-hmm. you know, folks in the community weren't, weren't up for the art anymore. I get that. You know, they're just not, okay, I don't feel connected to it anymore because I don't feel like I could be connected to a white person. I can absolutely empathize with that. Now, the flip side of that is that the artist is probably like trying very sincerely to, to get in touch with their empathy, to evoke some sort of emotion. That's the goal of art. Sure. Um, to bridge a gap, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. And I'm the timing, you know, it's like, it's never the right time for something like that until we're past and true, you know, into the true, if we ever achieve some sort of true equality in society, then, I mean, I think that's really the goal is that, that this, this hand wringing about whether or not it's okay to, or you need to concern yourself that you're passing things up because you don't want to deal with the artist because of the political climate. I think it's just the time that we're living in. I don't think it's something that um, is endemic or, you know, a problem with art. And I think one of the points that, the art, the the writer uh, Wesley Morris in this case um, makes is that art used to be subversive and it used to be you know about pushing the limits and now it's about not doing that to, in order to avoid upsetting people, and but he sort of fails to recognize that the limits it was pushing were this very established, puritanically influenced, repressive type of society that we had lived in as normal for quite some time, and. There, you're not really pushing against that anymore because to some extent, even though we haven't done it politically, we have been successful in making the um, the culture more of a, I don't, I don't even mean to say liberal, but just permissive and accepting society. That's kind of the, the dominant ideology, at least from a cultural perspective in the country. And so I don't know that there is anything for art to rage against except the dying of the existing light. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it, I mean, it it gets created for a reason, right? I mean, either to entertain or to provoke thought or whatever. Right. And so, if you didn't know, th- this is the point. The point where I come from is, if you didn't know who the artist was and you looked at it, art is supposed to do that to you, right? It's yeah. supposed to. You're supposed to look at it and say, these this evokes these feelings. And outside the artist, like I don't know who created this, and you know, you look at it and you think, okay, that's that's what that does for me. And then to sort of 180 on it based on some sort of identity politic is, 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 it just strikes me as weird. But I mean, I guess there's, there's two ways to look at it, right? There's the, there's the, there's the part where you, you feel like, okay, I don't like this piece or I don't like this particular piece of art now, whether it be music or film or whatever, or painting, because I know the artist, there's the, the what I think the article does also is it flips it over and says, because the artist is such and such, I'm supposed to like it, which is sure. you know because he's an African American right. as a writer, the whole the whole bit about Beyonce made me laugh very hard because of that whole SNL the Bajency. Do you remember yeah. this? Do you remember this skit? Sure. The Bajency where where the where the guy's like, oh, I think. Beyonce's okay, and then they come get him, and they put him in a. It was like she's the best. You cannot have negative feelings about Beyonce, <laughs> and uh, and it makes me laugh because you know, it just doesn't. It I just I just think it's that's sort of not the sort of not the point for me. You know, I try to I try to I try to enjoy I try to enjoy these things. I like to try to enjoy them as they stand alone. Not so much, not so much based on whatever's going on around. You know, I was never a Kanye fan to begin with, so regardless. See, of what I really he liked Kanye's about, original music, and still do. Yeah, 
and I don't right. have any problem with that because I'm yeah. kind of far away from well he wasn't that person at the time and I don't listen to it as much probably because I'm not super excited about supporting him in any way right now although sure. I'm still holding out hope that maybe this is some sort of complicated performance art piece <laughs> <laughs> but if but if something but if something but if gold digger came on you you might you might bop to that sure right you might be like, okay, fine. It's it, it is it is what it is. I mean, the whole the whole the whole the other aspect of this that that makes me laugh is this whole idea that celebrities are infallible in some way that they should. I mean, which is crazy. Now you've reached the core of the problem. <laughs> yeah, this this whole thing where where because Kanye's famous or because Beyonce's famous or be or because whomever is famous when they when they speak to you, it's like, wait a minute. I don't agree with what they say. I think I should just flush their entire <laughs> their I should burn the jerseys or you know or or break the records or whatever they whatever people do these days which which makes me crazy. I just don't, I don't get it. It's like you probably it's likely that you have more formal education than all these people combined. Right. Like Beyoncé didn't go to college. <laughs> you know. Kanye didn't go to college. Right. School I mean, hard knocks. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things where why would why would we expect why would we expect anything you know why would we expect in terms of their public whatever they say in public I mean to be to be any more valuable than what they say in their art right because so our society being centered around wealth has decided that your worth is decided by the level of success you achieve <laughs> and therefore your opinions are somehow more valid it's not any different than you know kanye dropped in my art school did you see that i think last week he's like can we be like uh, standing on a desk giving some speech and it's like mentally ill man invades school holds children hostage <laughs> for four hours like it's more like, probably equally accurate at this point yeah so yeah well i mean that's the there's a uh there's the, in college we used to have this. Uh, I had this class in interpersonal communications, and it was uh, the very first day. It was really funny because they have the the teacher just gives you this assignment, and then he just sits there, hmm. and you just sit there, and you're like trying to figure this out. And it goes on for days and days and days until you start hashing stuff out. It is. It was a you know the 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 task of the group is to you know discuss your behavior and you know how power and authority affects your behavior in the here and now mm. and then basically the rules are power can only be given <laughs> and you and he just sits there and you and you generally kind of freak out mm-hmm. <laughs> because you you want the teacher to tell you what to do right but it turns out you just end up you need to and then people sort of step up and like want to teach the class and save you and then you know it becomes this whole it was re- it's really an, it was really an ingenious uh, exercise that um, that I think that when I look at this, you know, something like this is like, you know, Kanye only has as much influence over me as I give him, uh-huh. you know, and 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 I think that you know, for me, trying to separate the person from the art is is a really an exercise in, for me personally, like why would I let this person influence me beyond you know, what I see or what I want to, what I want to, you know, see in their art. And I know we, I know the alarm just went off, but the last part about Cosby, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. Yeah, because, because the Cosby show is an amazing piece of art. It was, a, it was, it was basically the center of America for, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It's not just him, too. Right? A most of a decade. But it's not just him. He's a player in it. it right. But, it's but that's what i'm saying it's the would you why would we why would we flush the entire cosby show because bill cosby was a creep and a and a but the the thing is there's a lot of good stuff in there there's a lot of things that you could learn about families and how people interact because it's really insightful and it's really well done and it's super entertaining yeah but 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 the exercise of being able to carve out the performer and say Bill Cosby is a terrible person. Yeah. We find out. Can you enjoy that? Could you still enjoy the show? I make jokes about this all the time where I say, damn it, I wish I could make Cosby jokes because all that Cosby stuff when I was a you know young person, all those stand-up performances are so full of 
amazing insights into parenthood uh-huh. and all these kinds of things and you want to be able to access those and share those around and kick those around but you're like ah I think you can reuse the material. You don't have to provide the context. Just you know, you can't just ah, don't do the no, voice. But, you know, but people, but people, but people go, "That's Cosby." Oh, Cosby's creep, right? So it's just it, it's well, you got to be bad. up for that too. So no, but <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. But it's it's too bad. It's too bad that we that uh, that so much good entertainment goes away simply because he was terrible in really terrible in that aspect of his life, but. You know, amazing as an entertainer and as a writer and as a as a you know storyteller, really. Mm-hmm. I'm to wrap it up. I'm okay with compartmentalizing. Like I can understand that a person is bad and shouldn't be celebrated. Phil Spector comes to mind, but like I think your your proximity to the news story matters also. Like that's just the way humans are. Um, but I can also enjoy the art. Uh, however, I think. In enjoying that art, I shouldn't force others to endure it if they find it upsetting. So in your Cosby jokes thing, if somebody's like, eh, can you not? Like, you, you should probably respect that, right? Oh, absolutely. That's why I don't but do it. But <laughs> I also think part of the problem the article brings up is that if you do that, you're liable to get raked over the coals by the person who thinks that you shouldn't do it at all. And that, mm-hmm. I think, is a problem in and of itself because that is the kind of issue that we have where we need to get to a place where everyone is, like, secure enough um, to request for and to also deny each other's preferences. Like, make your decisions on that interaction. Like, uh, if I say to you, this offends me, and you say, tough, fuck you, <laughs> then maybe right. we shouldn't be friends. Right. But the best case scenario is we'll both reassess our positions on that subject. Maybe I'm being too sensitive. Maybe you're not being sensitive enough. What have you. Yeah. I can, you know, laugh at Noah and the Cubits and also be angry and sad that Bill Cosby is a gross rapist. Right. Sure. <laughs> and when it comes down to the show itself, I think they should just, at the end, every Cosby episode should just end with a freeze frame of bill that goes to black and white and kind of grainy and then overlays bill cosby was convicted of the blah 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 blah, blah <laughs> 2018 and also accused by up to 45 women of repeating this crime well, like it's just right. just put the context on there put the plaque you know next to the next to the barry bonds <laughs> hall of fame plaque with the right. explanation of the steroids put the rape explainer on every episode of the cosby show so we can still watch it <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's a I think it's a that's a fair solution. Yeah, just like one of those scary like some scary music, some Law and Order type music right. at the very end of every yeah. episode. Because yeah. the kids would really love that. The kids who we want the Cosby Show to watch, they'd be like, oh, if you were, maybe maybe one of those warnings where, hey, if you're if you're a victim of sexual assault, please call. Sure. This number. But also the facts about what he did. Sure. That should be somewhere else. Again, that's the. I don't see, know. That's the man. part. That's the part where you have to. I don't know. That's the part where that's that's. I kind of feel like difficult. you should have to pay the piper a little bit if you're going to enjoy this art. Like you know what? I wouldn't be against like if every Phil Spector record had a five second thing at the beginning. It was like Phil Spector was convicted in 1967 <laughs> of the de- like. <laughs> I would like it, but I wouldn't be against it. Sure. All right. That's funny. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> bridging, bridging off of that. Anyway, anyway, the uh, the um, article is called "The Morality Wars." Um, New York Times Magazine. Uh, you should read it. It's a good lunch read. Um, you should definitely uh, take the time to read it. It's very, very thought provoking. Um, the next piece we have is um, an article from the Atlantic. We're gonna bridge into the the uh, the dad joke, the the rise of the dad joke. Uh, you and, and I are um, appreciators, connoisseurs, oh, if you will, of the dad joke. It, 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 when I was a kid, probably junior high school, I could tell the standard rack of dirty jokes, you know, dick and fart type jokes, um, for hours, literally hours. I knew hours of material of canned, you know guy walks into a thing you know what i mean those kinds sure. of jokes dozens and dozens of them i don't know what it would just they just always stuck with me and mm-hmm. and you know i always loved comedy and so it was one of those things where it's like oh you know you got a joke oh yeah i know a joke and then you would just tell a joke and it would remind you of another joke and i could just chain them together for 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 hours um I don't think people tell those kinds of jokes anymore. Like straight jokes? <laughs> like straight, you know... Uh, yeah, just straight... Yeah, like a question like, with a punchline? Yeah, it doesn't have yeah, that anymore. Yeah, or like the, the story joke or whatever. The... the 
I don't even know if, if um, one will occur to me as we go, but the uh, but but yeah, they were dirty. There was there was always like there was always like sex or something involved, and you know uh-huh. there was always like you know you know flea that ends up in Tom Selleck's mustache. You know that old joke. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know that that type of joke. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, but uh, but this uh, but the Atlantic wrote this uh, somebody. In, the Atlantic. Ashley Fetters wrote this uh, <laughs> this article called "The Dad Joke Doctrine," and um, and I was really amused by it because um, as a dad, I understand how this works. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because you're because you're just at the beginning, you're just trying to entertain your kids. Right. Uh-huh. At first, they don't understand any. They first they don't understand words, so you have to play. Like whatever peekaboo, or you have to play, I got your nose, or whatever. Sure. Yeah, and then finally, when they start understanding, understanding, understanding words and sentences, you can start with basic jokes. They, my six-year-old already knows to like be embarrassed and roll her eyes. Like, <laughs> she's, always, she's already like. <sighs> <laughs> That's good though, but that's part of the that's part of the appeal, right? Of being mm-hmm. able to, of telling dad jokes is to make your kids go, "Oh God!" Oh, one hundred. No, it's about getting to make that face and like elbow them in the ribs, like, eh, eh, eh. And <laughs> you like, get God, it? Get off me! Yeah, get it. <laughs> well, I, I I feel like I've told this story already, but maybe not. Um, we watched ET uh, a while back, and it's the the Uranus joke. Have I told? I might have told this story <laughs> on the show already. When they tell this joke, they tell the joke, the Uranus. Like, have you met any alien? Basically, they were they were asking me like, what's that Uranus thing? Like <laughs> later on. <laughs> and so, like, I built a joke out of it for them. I was like, well, if you want to tell the joke, just just tell it like this. Like, uh, hey, have you met any aliens? And they're like, what? No. They're like, what about the ones from Uranus? And then make sure you go get it, your anus. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been popular in the house. <laughs> I'm a good father. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but the uh but but the uh, the funny part about again it's like you're chasing that you're chasing that cherry high of making your kids laugh and then once mm-hmm. you get them to start groaning then you're just like oh here we go. I think the laugh, I think the groan is much more attractive in the dad joke than the actual laugh than the than the actual laugh. I don't know because the those like they they talk about in the article those videos where the like athletes try to like read the dad jokes to each other and if you laugh you lose. Uh huh. And I think that the ones that are funny are actually funny. So maybe <laughs> I just have a bad sense of humor. But I mean, yeah. there's two different like they talk about different types of dad jokes in this article and and I'm all for like actual wordplay. So like you know I think I told you this one not that long ago that I'd read in one of my kids' joke books and I always modify it because I always think the joke book version sucks. I'm like this is right, better. right. You got to punch them up, right? You gotta, yeah, this you, like, you could do better. Better vocabulary and better timing. It was like <laughs> why do whales live in salt water? Because pepper water makes them sneeze. <laughs> See, that's that's just sort of a stupid. <laughs> Stupid joke. It makes me laugh. I like it. The kids like it. But then, like, she talks about that dad jokes operate on pure anti-humor, like like deliberate denial of the punchline. Um, like, what did the farmer say when he lost his tractor? Where's my tractor? Like, that. that's a fa- punch-you-in-the-face joke. That's, so that's what I'm saying with the groan versus the laugh. Like, you don't even deserve a groan. It's just like, I'm angry at you for your deliberate anti-humor posing as humor. That's not funny. Right. I'm not with you're, that. That's garbage. <laughs> you don't like, you're not, you're not down with that, that particular, like, you know, what's brown and sticky, you know, a stick. That, that's, that's at least, that at least. A try. Is, that's is, at least an attempt, right? Yeah. But I, yeah, no, I require my puns to be of pristine quality. I seek my. only the finest dad jokes. <laughs> so, um, when I was a kid, we used to have this, there was a music teacher who had retired and when our music teacher would um, would be sick, he would sometimes substitute. His name was Prof. Reed, Professor Reed. Uh-huh. And Professor Reed was oldest time when I was in fourth grade. Uh-huh. But he would come in and he would do the music class. And he had the long-form groaner. And he would tell <laughs> a story literally that went for like ten, ten minutes. minutes and then ended up with a groaner. At the end, and they were my favorites. They were my absolute favorite jokes. And I tell them, I tell a handful, I tell a few, I remember a few of them, and I and I tell them 
still today because they're so freaking hilarious. I mean, because you go there's a there's a there's a thing about the dad joke that it's short and it's whatever, it's pithy and then it's over. Right. But to like set up this long story, <laughs> this long and the longer and more detailed you could be about the story right. is 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 the longer you can wait to get to the punchline, the the more like just the that last pop is just that much better. Yeah, because you sat through this six minute tale, especially if the story's good, right? You're like, oh, oh yeah, it's yeah. going somewhere. It's yeah, going it's somewhere. Going. <laughs> it's, it's, it's happening. But the uh, but uh, all right, but we can't do this segment without at least coming into 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 one into something. You have a do you have a do you have another dad joke besides the another one? Joke? You have one that you'd like to that you'd like to pull. I have I have one that I have one that I'd like to tell. Go but, ahead. Uh, it's a yes, little long. You clearly it's, want it's, to do it. It's so slightly ahead. yes. It's slightly long. <laughs> All it's right. Go ahead. Long. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. This is uh. This is um. All right. <laughs> long time ago, the native isn't their Native American chief, who had a son. And uh, and on his on on his coming of age birthday. His father bestowed on him a beautiful and rare hippopotamus skin, and then, uh, unfortunately, at some point, his mother had died, and he had remarried and had two more sons. And upon their their coming of age days, they were gifted two just regular buffalo hides. Well, the two sons came to the chief and said, "Father, how come?" When uh, when our brother came of age, he got this beautiful hippopotamus, this beautiful and rare hippopotamus hide, and um, we got just these regular buffalo hides. Well, the chief turned to them and he said, "Well, the son of the squaw, the hippopotamus, is equal to the sons of the squaw of the other two hides." <laughs> it's a Pythagorean theorem joke. Don't you get it? Yeah, I, that's why you got like a quiet laugh of, of disdain. <laughs> <laughs> that, to me, is a really solid dad joke. Um, one I heard recently, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm mad that you told it to me, but it's pretty good. <laughs> so that makes it good. That makes it good. Yeah. Uh, this I'm trying to remember how to tell this. Sorry. This morning when I tried to use Siri, she got mad and said, don't call me Shirley because I left my phone in airplane mode. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> I think the first one I ever remember was European. Oh, if you're American going into the bathroom and American coming out, what are you in between? Yes. European. <laughs> European. Yeah, <laughs> which always brings me back to that that scene in Raising Arizona where that guy tells that just terrible joke with no punchline. He says, "Don't you get it? It's because we're so damn stupid, right?" That's the, 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 the. I always feel like when you tell a joke like that, you should say, "Don't you get it? It's because we're so damn stupid." God. Well, the thing I learned. Sorry. Go ahead. Good. Uh, I was just gonna throw that. I think that I think this joke was actually in the article, and it made me laugh. It's like uh <laughs> Um. Oh, last night I was just lying in bed staring at the ceiling. It's mm-hmm. not the best ceiling, but it's definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I did. I remembered my absolute favorite one that I've heard that, that's uh, relatively recent to me. Uh, oh. How do you find Will Smith in the snow? I don't know. Follow the Fresh Prince. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's good shit. Oh, <laughs> you know, I fell, I fell down a little bit of a dad joke rabbit hole reading that article, and uh, it clicked over to like the the history of that's what she said. Oh lord, is in there is linked in that article, and uh, I, I I grabbed this piece of historical information that that like double entendre sex jokes are like the first written example of like literary joking, so. Quote, they could literally be called the oldest trick in the book, according to a British researcher of humor named Paul MacDonald, who claims the first Anglo-Saxon joke comes from the 11th century Codex Exoniensis. What hangs at a man's thigh and wants to poke a hole that it has, that it has often poked before? A key. <laughs> but up bump. Yeah. And then anyway. I, one, one public service announcement as we wrap the segment up. 
there apparently is a dad joke hands uh, Han Solo. I said Han, <laughs> dad joke Han, Han Solo, Han, <laughs> Han. Dan joke, dad joke Han Solo. So at dad joke Han Solo on Twitter, and then there's like in the Star Wars universe context dad jokes. Man, I yeah. <laughs> I didn't click on that. I did. Hit, I had clicked on uh, at bad dad jokes mm-hmm. as a Twitter handle, and man, you could deep dive. You could just scroll through that and just quietly guffaw for minutes and minutes and minutes on end but uh you know oh my god like so now i'm looking at the dad joe console what does jar jar binks order at a japanese restaurant miso soup (laughs) (laughs) oh good lord all right i'm gonna have to look at that one later all right i have to read that one to the kids later they'll love it (laughs) or they'll kill me it's one or the other all right, hopping out of dad joke land um, and uh, into uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, they've released the pre, the long ballot, which mm-hmm. needs to get uh, thinned down to five. Um, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is, this, is a difficult, this, is always, this is a difficult situation. I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame kind of pointed, painted themselves into a into a bit of a corner. I don't think calling they, know what they themselves want to be. The, they have no idea. I mean, they just want to be is it it's like the Pop Music Hall of Fame or the you know whatever they want to mm-hmm. be. I don't know. And I don't know who curates this and you know how at least the Baseball Hall of Fame is done by the baseball writers and the you know, it's a it's it's a way for some organization to honor their sport. Mm-hmm. And it's curated by the people who follow that sport. But I have no idea how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame works. Well, there's some sort of fan vote component. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can log in and vote like it's the All-Star game. Yeah, but it counts as one vote. It counts as... The fan vote counts as one vote versus whomever is curating the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I have no idea who who these... Like, if it's an organization or if they have a, a board of trustees or a nameless, faceless whatever, but... um. But here's the here's the long list of of people who are currently on. So we have to pick five from this list. We have Def Leppard, Devo, Janet Jackson, John Prine, Kraftwerk. Sorry, John Prine, if it's John Prine. LL Cool J, MC5, Radiohead, Rage Against the Machine, Roxy Music, Stevie Nicks, the Cure, Todd Rundgren, Rufus and Chaka Khan. How did Rufus get involved with this? <laughs> I don't know. And the Zombies. They must be some sort of. They some sort and of some of those are that. repeat nominees, right? Well, I think that so here, like some like Stevie Nicks. I think Fleetwood Mac's in mm. already. So now, now it's her as a solo artist. Can she also get in? This is why Sting should be in and the Police. <laughs> Should not be in. <laughs> what struck me is when I saw, so I started looking into this. So you, you know, we're going to talk about picking five of these folks to induct. Um, and first of all, previous nominees omitted from this year's list include Kate Bush, Nine Inch Nails, The Smiths, The Replacements, Depeche Mode, Bad Brains, Eric B and Rakim, Jane's Addiction, Eurythmics, and Graham Parsons. Do, can those nominees get back on? I don't know. Who knows? Because really, Nine Inch Nails just came and went. Didn't make the Rock Hall of yeah. Fame. No, I, the Smiths. The right. Smiths should absolutely be. I agree. On the rotating thing, you know, there's a, a, the for years. What it was, Rush. Rush didn't get in for the first how many ever years into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is was ridiculous. Yeah, that's so niche. <laughs> <laughs> niche. They're they're legendary, but but when you talk about that, but that's the argument you have to they have to you have to have right mm-hmm. is is it somebody super popular like Def Leppard's obviously a shoe in right they get they're in yeah because because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame also wants to sell tickets to this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction too mm-hmm. so you can't choose the five least known even though if they were even if they were awesome. And like I knew nothing about them, right? Yeah, you I don't even to... understand this nomination process, though. Like the, <laughs> the the artists that are eligible this year that didn't get nominated: Outkast, Beck, Fugees, Jeff Buckley, The Roots, Snoop Dogg, and Dave Matthews Band. All eligible this year, 
None nominated. How is Dave Matthews not on this short? Again, I think there's this whole bit about they, they're actually creating a show. It's actually they're creating a concert every year mm. that they want to have. <laughs> and they want to make sure that they pick a concert that people will pay tickets to fly to New York City to Madison Square Garden and, and like buy tickets to this show. Well, yeah, but last year was like... Okay, so last year's inductees included Nina Simone, Dire Straits, Bon Jovi, The Cars, The Moody Blues, and it's primarily a tribute yeah, well, show, What was that, right? Pearl Jam? Was that, Pearl Jam was the year before? Uh, it must have been because it's not on this list. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it was yeah. last year. I'm not paying... I got to be honest. You brought... I, I know this happens. It's not something I'm paying attention to like on a year basis. Right, which, which, which sort of speaks to the fact that it should mean more, especially to people who like music, like you and I do, right? Yeah. This should mean something. Yeah, but the program was 2017. Nothing. So I just okay. read you the 2018 inductees. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is next year's. This is the 2019 inductees. Yeah. I mean, do the cars are the cars really a, a Hall of Fame band? Sure. Okay. Then, I mean, I feel like almost everybody on this list should get in. <laughs> But you can only get five. But why did the other ones fall off? I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, why are they not on here anymore? So I'm yeah. glad we could have this segment where we speculated and provide no act, no no updated information for anybody about why this is the way it is. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think that the it doesn't matter. I think because everyone should everyone should look at their list and just be outraged by the fact. That, <laughs> isn't this the point of the Hall of Fame? They they I think part of it is they want to create some buzz around sure. what they're doing and. Nothing creates buzz like leaving people off that obviously should be in, right? That's that's part of it. That's yeah. part of the game. The other part of the game is, I don't know, to highlight acts that are super good that you might not have known about. Isn't that what part of a, isn't that part of the job of the Hall of Fame is to tell tell the story of music? I mean, if they're influential be... enough, I suppose yes. But then you should have like a separate wing for that. It's different than, like, greatness in and of itself. But music is so subjective, right? Because, like, commercial success does not necessarily mean quality. Yeah. But that's, but that's what really we're talking about. If you want if you want to, if you want to pack... If, no one's going to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if it's just full of little-known, high-quality ass. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I want to see the Def Leppard. I want to see the Def Leppard, whatever they... I don't even know what they put in there. They put, like, a... You get, like, a little section. You get, like, a a booth or a display of some sort. I mean, there's like, I think you get all kinds of stuff. Like there's, yeah, there must be like a, a, a section. Cause I, I know they include like memorabilia. There's yeah. like some guitars here and there. It's like, it's like a Concert big program. It's like a big version of the hard rock cafe without the, you know, chicken tenders. So the most frequent criticism of the hall of fame is that the nomination process is controlled by a few individuals who are not themselves musicians. <laughs> I don't even know if you have to be a musician. I mean, at least they have to have, even if it was like a longtime music writer from Rolling Stone, it was, it, as long as they had some sort of bona fides of some kind. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking at this list, it's mostly just the, the Janet Jackson should be in. Yeah. Def Leppard should be in. Yeah. Um, Radiohead should probably be in, even though I'm not a big Radiohead fan, but they're widely beloved by, you know, smart people. <laughs> I just feel like the the people that were excluded from nomination, it's a better list. Like, I mean, Outkast, Beck, and Snoop Dogg to me are like Snoop Dogg 100%. should be in. Snoop Dogg should yes. be in. And then, I mean, I guess Dave Matthews Band, if you're into that. Dave Matthews should be in as well. Yeah, I mean, I can't dispute it. I mean, even though you don't like him, even though you don't, I mean, I don't, that's not that I hate Dave Matthews. I'm not the guy, no. I'm not going to spend three days at the gorge and s- smelling bad to watch Dave Matthews for whatever. I'm not a Dave person. <laughs> they have, do the Dave S- Matthews, they are. do the Dave Matthews people have a, do the DMB uh, people have a, have a nickname as from fans, as fans? I, I don't know. I don't know either. People that call him Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him at Fred Meyer once in Ballard. He's around. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice enough guy. We used to go to the same gym. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the back when this was kind of a small town. Yeah, I saw him. At yeah. Cal- I saw him at, in. Uh, I was like standing in in lot- checkout line. I was like, oh, hey, it's Dave Matthews. 
I didn't buy Members it. of the British punk rock band, the Sex Pistols, inducted in 2006, refused to attend the ceremony, calling the museum a piss stain and urine in wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you'd expect from the Sex Pistols, right? Exactly. We'd like to bestow upon you this great honor. They'd be like, fuck you. We don't want, we don't want to come to your stupid Hall of Fame. Which, mm-hmm. again, I think it's <laughs> part of it is just to try to create a concert. I hope they pay them. Do they pay them? Do they pay them to perform? Or are they like, hey, we're going to induct you to the Hall of Fame. Can you come play this concert for free <laughs> while we make a bunch of money and uh, and bestow upon you this 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 highly sought after award? Yeah, last year apparently um, Nina Simone got a tribute from the Roots and Lauren Hill. Alabama Shakes Brittany Howard paid tribute to. Uh, um, I lost the name there. Um, the the influencer. <laughs> Damn it. That's so terrible. Oh, Rosetta Tharp. Sorry. Okay. Sister Rosetta Tharp. So, yeah, it's a kind of a tribute concert. Um, but yeah, so who would you take off the five that are on this list? Let's... I'd, take the, I'd, take, I'd take Def Leppard. I'd yeah. take Janet Jackson. Yes. I'd take Radiohead. Yes. I'd take The Cure. Okay. And then I'd just, you could just, I'd have to pick. I think that you should pick somebody who you don't know. I think I would just pick somebody I know nothing about, right? Somebody that's sort of rounded out. Like, I don't know. I don't know who the zombies are. But maybe some, like, 50s or 60s type rock band. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta you gotta give... Or else it just becomes the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame of acts that existed during my lifetime that I, that I cared about. I don't know. This well, is sure, that's exactly what this. But that's to me. I think that's the process. There's just a small group of people who's like, "This is what I like," <laughs> <laughs> which is why it's got no. The, the, the hall has no credibility. My five: Def Leppard, Janet, LL Cool J, Radiohead, and probably Rage Against the Machine. And I don't think that's the right five, but that's the five that I want it to be in there. But I think the Cure probably belongs in there. Yeah. Why is Todd Rundgren famous? Why do I know his name? Like I looked him up and I'm like, I don't know any of this music, but somehow he's like one of these people that his name pops up and like four dudes have to show up and start going Todd Todd Rundgren. Right. The the only thing I know about Todd Rundgren is for for most of her life Liv Tyler thought her dad was Todd Rundgren. Is that why he's famous? Because I know that story too. Yeah. And then okay. and then it turns out her mom says, Oh no, your your dad's Steven Tyler. I mean, look, oh, yeah. they, look, they don't look alike. It's like, all. look at your face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up this lie anymore. <laughs> I can't keep up this lie anymore because you look just like Steven Tyler. Yeah. The good version of Steven Tyler. Anyway, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, miss it. It's ultimately missable. <laughs> but the, uh, the ugly building, too. Yeah. It's in Cleveland, right? Yeah, why? Because Cleveland rocks, dude. Don't I you knew know? you were going to say that. I'm sad that I asked. <laughs> And then, and then back to our the joke we made weeks ago that the Foo Fighters should just play the they should just induct all the rock bands, the house band, they rock and roll the, hall of fame house band, <laughs> the Foo Fighters. They'll be inducting all the rock acts this year again, and yeah. everyone would Dave, love it. Dave Grohl somehow. Dave Grohl? Did I say Dave Grohl? I don't know. Sure, I don't know. Dave, I think I was trying to say broke. So Dave Grohl somehow broke his leg again, and here he is. <laughs> he gets injured now on every tour because he's an old man. Because, yeah, because you can't be, like, jumping around anymore. It's like, dude, you're, like, in your late 40s. How old is Dave Grohl? 50? Is he 50 yet? He's got to be close. got to be getting there. Yeah. I mean, geez, if I'm close to 50, he's got to be 50. He is 49. There you go. He's exactly 10 years older. Well, not exactly. He's 10 years older than me. Nice. Anyway, um, into the OT. Sliding into the OT. Yeah. With uh, our usual grace and style. Yeah. The uh, uh, first thing... Um, the NFL Pick'em. If you go on to NFL.com and go into the NFL Weekly Pick'em, you can join the two-on-three pod group, and you can pick your picks. Just It's just straight picks. There's no spread or anything. Um, and uh, for points and fun, and see if you can beat us, because we fancy ourselves as football geniuses. <laughs> so you can put us in our place. So, I used to be a lot better at it when it was legal to bet online here in Washington State. Yeah, it's, it was a lot better. It was a lot better. Picking against the spreads a little, is obviously a little more of an art form. Uh, mm-hmm. But just for fun, join us at uh, NFL.com. Uh, weekly pick them. Um, set up your uh, just set up a basic account on the you know the, on the Gmail account you don't use. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and pick against us. The group is called Two on Three Pod, 
and uh, see how you stack up. Anyway, okay. Well, yeah, we'll tweet out all the relevant links this week. I'll tweet out both the articles we discussed, um, the Hall of Fame stuff, uh, and also the the link to the the uh, the Pick'em group. Did you want to go over picks? Um, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather hear your story now. You do? Yeah. All right. Okay. So, all right, here's my story. So I work full-time basically from home. I have to go out for meetings or off, basically to customer offices, but my company doesn't have any office here, so I work out of my house. My office is in a converted attic space. It's actually pretty nice, um, but it's fairly disconnected from the rest of the house. I take all my conference calls with like my studio cans on my head because they're the best headphones I have. And a lot of times on conference calls, the quality sucks and it helps to have the noise cancellation and stuff like that going. It makes it easier for me to hear people. So I often also put my phone on silent while I'm on these conference calls. So at some point this morning, in fact, um, I got a text from my wife and it said, I'm coming home. I don't feel good. But my phone was on silent because of those conference calls and I can't really hear anything else. Uh, by the time she got home, though, I had the headphones off. I heard what I thought was the door slam, but I didn't hear the garage door open because of where I'm at in the house. It's really hard to hear those sounds. It's, that's that's down on the very bottom level of the house, and I'm, I'm basically the furthest point from that space. So I heard this noise, and I kind of perked up. Sometimes the cat's jumping around, though, right, jumping off the countertop and stuff like that, and will make a loud enough noise that I can hear it like that. And it kind of sounded like that, so I didn't worry too much about it. Then I kind of heard some more rustling and shit, and I'm like, what is going on? And so... Then I heard footsteps, and so I, I'm like, okay, somebody's in the house. I'm like, what the hell? Um, I have to kind of like, there's this ladder down from this attic, so I like kind of fly down this ladder, and I no shit armed myself. I grabbed a, I have a flashlight that's also a bat in my nightstand, <laughs> and it's also got like this little ring of like sharp edges on it. It's 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 quite a little weapon, as well as a, a um, I have a buck knife like. A, <laughs> Like a a four-inch deer-stripping buck knife. And I grab these two things. And I'm straight up ready. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to, like, hit somebody with this and hopefully not stab them with the knife. I would have to tussle. I mean, you're amping up at this point. Like, your adrenaline's adrenaline's cooking. Yeah. And you're ready to go. I hear movement in the kitchen. Like, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I'm, like, getting ready to step out of the bedroom. And then I have this moment of hesitation where my you know, like my functioning cerebral cortex. (laughs) It's most likely somebody with a key to the house. One of my parents or my in-laws, or we have a housekeeper that comes every other week. Um, She had just come uh, yesterday. So maybe she had forgotten something and came back and assumed nobody was home. It's the middle of the day. Um, And so I had this moment of like, I really need to confront this person who's in my house, but don't pop out with these weapons in front of somebody you know you're going to look like a psycho. <laughs> and so I'm like, if it was really somebody, I could have, like, this this moment of, of wanting to be polite and not look like a lunatic could have cost me my life. <laughs> you don't know who's running around down there. Yeah. Oh and then I thought about the immediate reverse situation is if, if I had a gun, it could have cost my wife her life. Right. If you, yeah. Right. If you were, if you yeah. were the type of I have a gun in my home kind of deal. Yes. But, oh yeah, that's a, that's oh god. That's so that's why I said it's a gun control story because nobody got hurt. Right. <laughs> oh no, he's got a knife. That's that's not knife. <laughs> <laughs> that's a knife. I'll tell you what. Once I've got those things in my hand, like I've thought about how I would deal with somebody with those two th- weapons in my hands, and and I'm ready to use them. So. Oh. That- yeah. Person was gonna get whacked in the head oh and then stabbed. God, <laughs> that would be that would be horrible. Yeah, that you would have to like you know. Well, ideally, I'm going with the, I'm going with the I'm trying to disable you with the whack to the head right off the bat because I don't want to have to stab you. That's gonna like the paperwork alone is not gonna make it worth it. You, are you looking at your screen right now? Look, uh, I lost my video from you. You did. Yeah, that's too bad. Why? What are you doing? You showing me a knife? Uh, that's not knife. This is knife. <laughs> yes, I am. I have one in my my office here that was gifted to me by my father. Gotcha. And uh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, I like I like knives. They're useful. They're I, like, useful. I have a lot of I have a lot of utility knives and stuff like that. But yeah, the big buck knife is the scary one. <laughs> like big, well, I'm it's, glad. I like, glad. I'm glad you'd have to tussle with a home intruder. Oh, me, you and me both, dude. And then, and then, you know, 
my wife comes around the corner. She's sick. She's like, right. what's what's the matter? I'm like, um, I'm like ready to murder somebody. I thought I was going to have to get in like, <laughs> like a physical altercation in the house. She's like, what? I'm, you didn't get my text? I'm like, I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. And then you were probably, here's the other thing, the, the follow-up to that, you are probably just wrung out for the next hours, right? You're just... It, probably an hour. Yeah. Like a half hour, an hour. I had some water and something to eat, kind of like got my yeah. blood sugar out of control because <laughs> once you're because what's the because what's the adrenaline falls off yeah you're just like oh god i gotta go lay down <laughs> yeah so cheers to me not having to you know try to kill somebody in my house thank god <laughs> you know um you know my wife works at the house and i and she just i think she sets the alarm she's you know, like mm. she sets the house alarm to mm-hmm. to stay after everybody leaves just because it's the same situation you know she's upstairs sure. you know if someone were to come in or whatever um, mm-hmm. At least you know you've got that fallback in that uh, you can barricade the door until the alarm goes off and the police come. Like, you don't have to do anything more than that. But yeah, that's what's, <laughs> that's a funny story. And uh, is she feeling okay? Um, I think so. She's in bed, so oh, I'm sure she's doing all right. I think she, I'm, I'm a little worried. She's got the flu. I haven't had a sh- my shot yet, so oh, I need to go yeah, get that done. Dang, I gotta get that done too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Well, that's a that was a good story. You want Thank me to tell you. a ten minute story with a bad punchline now? Oh no, we're out of <laughs> time. Oh no, <laughs> oh, we're out of time this week, so that'll have to wait for another segment down the road where I tell a long ten minute story with a horrible punchline at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so thanks everybody for listening to Two on Three podcast. This is generally where Ty takes over. <laughs> see, I, I'm always waiting to see if you'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes thanks everybody for listening to two on three podcasts we appreciate your ears your clicks your downloads and your interactions on the internet each and every week and we want to keep you coming out and listening more and more what <laughs> <laughs> we're getting recognized more and more for doing a good job yeah so thanks. anyway everybody. yeah we appreciate uh we appreciate you listening and uh you can find us in all of uh the spots we've told you about before <laughs> you subscribed keep doing that um i never asked you to do this but it was my birthday yesterday so rate and review the show because i guess that gets us a little more exposure when you uh gives us a little bit a better search engine optimization as does uh you know establishing that two on three pod.com so check that site out get over on the apple uh review system and give us a two-star review and tell people how much you hate us and uh or no you know give us five and and tell tell wonderful and wondrous lies about how great we are but as I said, we appreciate you, and I don't know why I'm talking so long. I can't get out of the show. Help me out, Chris. Next week, we'll talk more about some stuff. And until then, peace. peace.